Welcome to Healing Begins. My name is Pastor Gail with the Healing Begins podcast channel. And this is Michelle Hutchison with the Mindset Exchange podcast. Well, we are talking about a very interesting subject. And right at the very beginning, I want we want to make something abundantly clear. And you want to share what you were just sharing with me before we come on the show? Yeah, I was just thinking about, you know, sometimes when we talk, making sure that we're separating out. Um, when we talk about these concepts, body, soul, and spirit, you know, we really are talking about them in three different, from three different approaches. However, um, many times we can weave those three different approaches together. So you were referencing the spiritual end of multiple personality disorder, which by the way, is a, an old name for the diagnosis in the DSM. The, the disorder is now called disassociative disorder. So I wanted to bring some clarification and make sure that we stated clearly if you're experiencing dissociative disorder, that does not mean that you have been involved in satanic ritual. Correct. Uh, you were talking about this, Pastor Gail, from the spiritual perspective. There are many people or most people that come out of satanic ritual practices that then do experience multiple personality because of the trauma they experienced within those rituals. Right. And then there are many people who have experienced trauma in their lives who then experience dissociative disorder because of the brain's need to cope um, with the depth of trauma that they've experienced. And, and it's one way that some people who have experienced trauma end up coping with life. So I'm hoping that we've brought some clarity to the conversation a little bit so let's go into that a little bit more so let's set satanic ritual abuse aside for a moment and let's just talk about how someone might get diagnosed with dissociative disorder like what i mean by what might they experience that would cause the personality to split because it is so traumatic they can't handle it what might we be talking about Sure. I mean, we we really can't identify what it is that would make this happen to someone because every brain responds differently. A lot of times there's a genetic vulnerability in the brain that then experiences a severe trauma and the way that that brain copes with the severe trauma could look like disassociative disorder. But oftentimes, it's early sexual trauma that triggers this. Yeah. It's early physical abuse and neglect that's pretty severe that will trigger this in someone whose brain already has a, a neurological disposition to be less resilient. So I have found, uh, I have had several clients at the age of five, six, or seven that were sexually abused, and I found yeah. in them they had suffered with some form of dissociative disorder. So then that had nothing to do with uh, ritual abuse. And so what, what we did was help them. And if the personality parts were free enough to talk because they get really, really touchy because you have the protector that will take your head off in a heartbeat because their job is to protect the host personality. And right. so if you can get them to trust and talk 
to you and give their jobs to Jesus, God can heal that part of the personality and there can be integration back. Uh, I, I can't stress this enough. The healing work in this arena takes time. And it and you got you need you need a good person that knows how to do healing work, and you need a really great therapist that knows how to do great counseling work, because you don't want to put them through healing work and not have counseling work. And then you got to have one more thing. You know what it is? These what? people are poor. They don't have money and they don't have insurance. So you have to have a way of funding to be able to take care of these people. And so this is very important. So we're talking about taking care of them, therapist, the person doing the healing work and the funding so a person can get the treatment because treatment don't go on for two or three weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not everyone's poor, but I was thinking about that, that often people with um, this disorder have less finances because of how much their life's been impacted yeah. by the disorder and and you know you said something a moment ago that i'm thinking about our audience and we have such a variety of listeners that i, I want to make sure that we're breaking down everything that we're saying when you say that these personalities have a job i think it's important that we talk about this because talking about it and bringing understanding to our listeners who maybe haven't had this experience themselves it, it actually makes what's happening in someone's life less scary the job the personality has a job that actually means that if my personality is to that that exhibits itself in this moment is this very shy withdrawn child the job of that personality is to somehow protect me in some way and then if if the next personality that comes out is boisterous and loud and bold and says anything they want to say and they tell you off, then guess what? That personality has a job. So this is where the fracturing happens to the main identity because in the trauma, maybe somebody wasn't able to step up and advocate for themselves or stop the trauma. And so then as they're coping and processing, the brain splits off into all of these ways that that it may have wanted to or may want to still try to protect oneself, but can't do it in the confidence of their own identity because of the damage of trauma. So I love that word job. It takes it away from, oh, you have a bunch of demons and you're crazy to, no, my mind is so split that I have to find ways to advocate for myself and it looks very different than maybe you or I would try to advocate for ourselves. So let me explain what I mean, job. So one personality's job might be the protector. So they're, they're mean and they're gonna protect the host at all costs. Mm -hmm. Another personality's job might be to handle the feelings and emotions. That's their total job. Now you can see that Jesus wants to handle all this for us, right? And so the personalities are actually doing the very thing that Jesus wants to help them with. And so then you have the host. That's you that's might a, say, That's a whole podcast in itself, Pastor Gail. I know, I know. Then you talk about the host. Now I'm going to have to give definition to the host. So the host is the personality that is out doing the day-to-day -day activities, going to work, taking care of the kids, 
but the host has these other two personalities helping them protect them, helping them with their emotions. Otherwise, they couldn't function. So you could have somebody working in a workplace with several personalities totally functioning because yeah. they get other personalities doing certain jobs that they can't handle because there's feelings, emotions, and memories. So you get them in a counseling setting, oh my goodness, and those personalities don't want to come out. And here's the danger point. Sometimes the host don't know they have any splits. They don't, they don't know that there's other personalities. So you've got to be really careful because when all of a sudden they can hear somebody else and they realize this is going on, they feel like they're going insane in some ways when actually they're just coming to grips with how they've been coping, how they've been. Now, I know that I'm getting into the weeds here and people are saying, how do you know so much in this arena? Well, a thousand hours with this, working eight hours a week with this alone was Impressive. part of my training. I mean, right with hands-on experience. And I got to tell you, wow, over the head. I'm going to say over the head and through the bushes. I mean, really? And you have to be very gentle with the person. Yeah. I never raise my voice. I talk softly. Even if even if I think that I have a, a demon situation I'm dealing with, I will never raise my voice. Because a loud voice don't mean power and authority. It just means you have a loud voice. And that person's already been traumatized. Yeah, that's right. So when a piece of the personality does come out and they do want to talk to me, I make sure they know they're safe, that I'm safe, and that they're loved. I don't think they're crazy. And then I begin to get to know that part of the personality. It's kind of like introducing them to Jesus all over again, to helping them understand the he that Jesus came to heal them, that part of that personality. I know that sounds crazy, but only he can take that piece, heal it, so it's ready to integrate. Oh, that's the Lord's work. Yeah, Pastor Gail, I, I just have to say for a moment here, that's the beauty of carrying the Holy Spirit within us and learning and understanding healing work with people. Because when you carry Holy Spirit, you carry Jesus. I actually have to take a minute and talk about your most recent book as we we record this podcast. As I was reading this book, I listened to testimony after testimony that you wrote, and it made me think about how much you carry Holy Spirit with you. I could sense it. I actually felt like, no, I'm not... I'm not idolizing, okay? But my heart was so sensitive to the Spirit of the Lord. I felt like I was encountering the Spirit of the Lord because of the humility that you walk in and the way that you carry your relationship with the Lord. And so we cannot talk about healing in the context of being Christians and understanding clinical healing and spiritual healing without saying it's so important how you carry Holy Spirit and the power and the authority that you walk in 
that then you were able, this is what I'm hearing from Holy Spirit while you're talking, that then you were able to reintroduce, I know this is non-traditional, clinical, very but that you were able to introduce each of those splintered, broken parts of someone's personality to the Spirit of God because you carried it in gentleness, humility, and love. And that allowed such psychological safety in the brain that the reweaving of the rope came together. And I feel the glory of the Lord all over this right now. I actually believe that as people are listening to us, that there's an impartation of that reweaving of the Holy Spirit. I can feel it at work right now. Well, yeah, it's a very powerful thing. Let's talk about the, let's go into this a little more. Let's talk about a personality who's the protector. Do you know how hard it is to protect a person? It's an impossible job. But finally, when that personality, no, no, I'm going to say another thing here. It's going to freak people out. They're not going to understand it. All of a sudden, that part of the personality will stop. I said, what's going on? She'll say, a man in white is coming to me. I go, what? Wow. Ask him who he is. He says he's Jesus. I say, look into his heart. What do you tell me what you see? Oh, he's so kind. I said, you want to go with him? Yes, can I go with him? And all of a sudden that part disappears and somebody else comes out. Then later the part comes back and they're completely different because they went with Jesus and he did healing on that part of the personality. Well, let's talk about the one that's handling the feelings and emotions. How hard is it to do that? It's impossible. Well, Jesus died for our feelings. He died and he was wounded for our emotions. And if they'll just give their job to him, he'll give healing to them. And it's this whole part of working with the personality. They're reweaving it together, like Psalm 139 says, right back to where God intended it to be in the first place. That is a big deal. There is, I can sense the presence of the Holy Spirit right now. This is a big deal. So, and the, and the, I can't tell you how many personalities and how many jobs they had. And oh my gosh. And it's just reintroducing them to the one that died for them that would like to. And you know what? Some of them accept Jesus into their heart when the host is already a Christian. That'll freak you out right there. I've probably done some false doctrine in some people's opinions right now, but I'll be working. uh, Let's just say I was working with a, Let's go back to the SRA a minute. And let's say I'm working with a part of the personality that's what we call caught loyal. Okay, so, so SRA is satanic SRA, ritual we're going abuse. Back to SRA, yes. Yeah. Within the Christian who got saved, they could still have some personality parts that are still loyal to the cult. Well, I would introduce that person to Jesus. And then when he comes, they get freaked out and they get afraid because they're told Jesus is bad. Because in the occult, they dress people up like Jesus and they abuse their followers. But then when they look into his heart and see how good he is. So when the personality comes and they're talking to you, I really want the Lord to come 
and introduce himself. So I'll say to that personality, can we pray a minute for Jesus to come so you can see him and talk to him? Some will go, "Eh, I don't know about that. And others will go, okay, so let's pray. And they'll have their eyes shut and they'll say, is Jesus coming? Uh, There's a man in white coming. And then I'll say, Lord, I pray against all false Christ that all they can see is you. And as a man in white approaches, what does he dress? He has a sash, a golden sash, and he's dressed in white. Is he talking to you? Yeah, he wants me to go with him. He's holding out his hand. Well, what are you going to do? You're going to go with him? And so then you introduce that personality part to Christ. Woo! <laughs> this is exciting, but it takes a while. It takes time and patience, but that's also the clinical approach that we know is best for the human brain Mm -hmm. and mind. Because again, we're talking about two different things. We're talking about a spiritual component and we're talking about a physiological component in the natural realm. Something you just said, I think is really important. Um, You know, we have to, my mind as a Christian can't, stop thinking about, but it's so easy to jump to many Christians would say, oh, well, that's demonic. Each of those personalities is demonic. But as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, the beauty of trusting the Holy Spirit, trusting the Lord Mm -hmm. and introducing people and personalities to the Lord is if there is any demonic in there, then when you bring Jesus, it cannot stay. <laughs> and so you, just as you said, we don't have to yell. We don't have to, you know, be intimidating. We don't have to destroy someone's psyche. We don't have to try to figure out if there's a demon or not. We just bring Jesus into the picture and Jesus brings the healing through love. That's the beauty of what I'm hearing here. And so then it's in the unconditional love and the support and the bringing an encounter of Jesus, that wholeness happens. Because we see a lot of times in the Christian realm, demons can be cast out, but guess what? Behavior patterns don't change and people might not change because there might not be full body, soul, and spirit healing. And then often we see, you know, people spending time with therapists for years and years and years, understanding their personalities, but maybe we don't see a reweaving of the wholeness of identity because there are some spiritual aspects there that need to be dealt with. The example you just gave is a beautiful example of moving in love and wholeness of healing. I want to pray for our audience that is listening that the angels of heaven would minister to the wounded because, you know, there's going to be people that listen to this that have been diagnosed with dissociative disorder. I know you might have that label, but that is not who God created you to be. You are one person with many faces to your personality. And I once again want to differentiate between satanic ritual abuse and between trauma, splitting through trauma, through traumatic events that you can't handle. Uh, And so uh, I, I can't emphasize enough And these people go through tons of rejection. They go through feeling not wanted, not cared for, that no one will love them. And many times, guess what, Michelle? They go to churches. 
and they get pushed away as outcasts because the church doesn't know really how to handle this. That's right. It's not equipped for it, Michelle. Right. You know, we need uh, we need to write a book on this, I think, and we need to develop. There needs to be a team assembled to handle this. Like, we don't deal with SRAMPD here. We uh-huh. don't deal with satanic ritual abuse. You say, why? We're not equipped for it. It's too much. It's too beyond our scope. Now, have I worked with some multiple personalities that have been split through normal trauma? Yes, if you can call trauma normal, which you cannot, because trauma, trauma is trauma is trauma, right? And so- it affects the brain and the development oh, of the brain. Oh, and and can you imagine if you were, if the trauma happened at through two or three different ages, and so you have two or three different fractures and you have two or three maybe personalities that are at two or three different ages. And now I want to say this, I'm not saying because you went through trauma, you have a personality. I'm not saying that at all. You need to hear me out. What I'm saying is getting healing for your hurts, for your wounds, for your trauma is critical in your development mentally, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically, all the way around. So um, in part three, we'll talk more about where uh, where vows and false belief systems come in. This is something I'm passionate about. We have to understand how powerful vows can be when they come out of our mouth, intentional or not, and then how they impact our thinking and create a foundation that hosts a lot of unhealthy things. Well, and then those belief systems cause people to develop strongholds, which causes them to go off in wrong direction. So I want to pray right now. Father, under the sound of our voice, I just want to thank you for everyone that's listening. Lord, we release the healing of Jesus. And Lord, I ask for everyone that's listening that you're your healing presence would saturate them, spirit, soul, and body. And as the, even as I'm praying, I'm seeing a vision of your healing going between the different personalities, bringing hope, healing, and integration back into that person's life. We pray for the sovereign supernatural hand of the Lord to touch each person that is listening so that they know there's hope and that they can grow beyond where they're at. Lord, let them know that you have always loved them and you know wherever they're at and you care for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, part two has gone really fast. It's been fun. And so from Michelle and I, thank you for joining. Share this podcast channel. Oh, the book is God Moments, Amazing for the Divine in Everyday Life on Amazon.com. From Gail and Michelle, Have a great day. Blessings. Bye.